The Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages zero to eight. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood experts, Rachel Robertson and Claire Goss, and make the most out of every chance to teach play and love. Are you getting ready to travel as a family this summer? While taking a trip with kids certainly poses challenges, it can also be one of the most rewarding experiences your family can have. Join Rachel and Claire as they share their own travel adventures and provide a practical list of tips you can implement right away as you plan your next family getaway. Good morning, Claire. Nice to see you again. Hi, Rachel. We're back for another conversation today. We are, and we both just came back from our own travels. So we have some story. I think we were we we're going to talk about traveling with young kids, but we both probably have some recent stories. We've been thinking about this topic, and I see that you also came with your son's headset on, which makes you, it's like you're, you're, you're in the theme, you're in the zone with your son's headset and speaker. You're like looking yes. like a pilot. For our listeners, I'm wearing my son's gaming headset because my other microphone is acting temperamental. So I look like I'm an air traffic controller. Point to the exits if we need them and we're all good to go. Exactly. So I traveled recently with my family on a spring break mm -hmm. trip and I've been traveling for work lately, which um, my kids are much older traveling with with um, adult sized children, teenagers. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely it's not always a breeze, but oh, my goodness, I looked around the airport. I saw on my flight last week, I saw a mother of a 10 month old. She was traveling alone with no other adults. It was just this mother and her 10 month old baby. And she was working hard on that flight, Rachel. Yeah, yeah, I bet yeah. I was sweating on her behalf at some point. So it's um, <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot to. So, yeah, you and I are always kind of observing children everywhere we go. Right, right. But traveling is a very, um, it can be exciting. It can be very stressful. So we're here to talk about both parts of that. Yeah, I did just travel myself. I travel a lot for my job and I've traveled a lot with my kids. I started traveling with my children when my first was a baby. So I've been, I've been traveling all over international, national, short, long car, plane, all the things and picked up a lot of tips on the way. The one thing I'll start with though, because I'm thinking our listeners are mostly people with younger children is it's if somebody like me often, <laughs> but if somebody else on the plane tells you, Oh, I love children or sits next to you and says, no, don't worry about it. it that just turn them into part of your traveling village. That's kind of code for saying, lean on me. Yeah. Don't feel so stressed and guilty. Your parents put a lot of worry on themselves about who's around them and how their kids are going to bother them. Yeah, if you don't have your headphones on your kid's game or you're they're kicking my seat the entire time, it might not be my most favorite uh, traveling situation, but I'm still in. I'm still <laughs> empathetic and I'm still there to help you. It's hard for me because I want to say I'm so qualified. I can totally help you out. I know how hard this is, but I also know people are going to be like, who is this woman? So if you ever hear someone say that, you can say, are you Rachel from the Teach, Play, Love podcast? And maybe we'll meet each other sometime <laughs> on a plane. But I really tried to hold back. But I, I do say, like, I will switch with people. Like, I'm a, I love little kids. I get it. I will sit next to you. I don't mind. And that's sort of my way and everybody else's way of saying, you, someone else on this plane might not be your person, but I'm your person. So hopefully oh. that's reassuring right from the start for people to hear and take a couple deep breaths. Um, but obviously there's way more to it than just that. Right. I know you have to feel comfortable enough with the person, but 
I, I like that community minded mm-hmm. um, philosophy. I feel like there was a, a meme on the internet a few years ago, or maybe it was an article that basically said, you know, I don't understand when people get upset about babies and toddlers on planes. You yourself were once a baby or a toddler right. who had to travel from one place to another place. These are just humans. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? Being on a plane isn't fun for me either. And I'm middle age. So let's give these kids <laughs> the space to express their opinions yeah. on what's happening yeah. here. It's just like it's anything else, right? They're, it's different. They don't get to control it. They don't know what to expect. There's some things you can do about that. They're full of emotion and excitement, and they don't know how to regulate all that. Adults, as we have seen via many uh, p- social media videos, often don't know how to control themselves on airplanes as well. So... Um, absolutely <laughs> children point. don't know how to do it or car rides i mean i remember when i was a kid we used to go visit my grandma in a town in i grew up in minnesota and we i lived in the twin cities and we, we used to drive to albert lee i think it's like an hour and a half or two hours away i thought it was like four days long i have such memories of that trip and it felt forever so you know obviously I get it now, like time just is a lot longer when you're younger because it's such a bigger piece of your life. And again, like, I don't know the, I didn't know the milestones. I didn't know, well, if we're passing this location, that means we're halfway there. I didn't know any of that. I just felt like, oh my gosh, again. Although Mm -hmm. I loved good old Albert Lee and I loved going to see my grandma. So it was worth it. I had the same experience. I grew up near Philadelphia and my grandma lived in the Pittsburgh area. So for our listeners who know about the Mid-Atlantic, the Pennsylvania, that's one side of the state to the other side of the state. And Pennsylvania is a deceptively gigantic state. So I think it's like legitimately a seven hour drive, but guess how long it takes with three kids? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, a little longer. Forever. That right, journey, right. we did it every single summer. And I, yes, I mean, there were tunnels involved and a lot of public restrooms and a lot of peeing in the woods off the side of the road. It was just <laughs> an adventure that my family took. Um, did you Did you travel a lot with your your girls when they were young, like young, like zero to five, Rachel? Yeah, I absolutely did. We lived away from family when my kids were little um, for part of their childhood. So we were traveling a lot on airplanes. I traveled with my second one when she was less than two months old. And we, um, and, and traveling has been my thing. And so I've turned it into my kids thing. Mm. They're older now. They're my kids, as many listeners know, are 24 and almost 20. I'm being reminded this is the birthday month for the 20 year old. It's a big deal. (laughs) Um, She's 19 today, but we'll be 20 by the end of this month. And they, I mean, I actually just took a road trip with her and her best friend last summer, and it was as extra long and somewhat challenging as some of my, the childhood road trips. So I thought to myself, like, I didn't really prepare for this. I thought, you know, I'm going on a road trip with two young women but they had a, there was just a different, there was different things. They were interested in lots of stopping, still lots of stopping. Yeah. It doesn't change. Does it (laughs) does not, it does not change regardless of the age. So there might be some folks listening. And I was just thinking about this this morning, Rachel, that especially after the pandemic, it's been a long few years. Mm -hmm. A lot of our listeners had their kids during the pandemic, or they had just had their babies or toddlers when the pandemic hit. So I'm guessing that a lot of our listeners don't have a ton of experience traveling with young kids. And I want to specifically for a moment, focus on those of you who are feeling overwhelmed or intimidated by the idea of going on a trip with your young kids. There's so much good stuff Mm -hmm. that happens Mm -hmm. when we travel with kids. Yeah. Um, We know brain development wise, new sounds, new smells, new 
foods, new tastes, everything. Yeah. Their, their brains are hungry for that kind of input. It's really, really good for them. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, living in your own hometown and being there all the time is, is you get to know what's familiar to you. We often, we use the language of mirrors and windows a lot in our programs. You, mirror is just reflecting what you know and what's around you. And window is looking out and expanding your view and your understanding. And just in any kind of learning, you take what you know, and when you get new experiences, you kind of bring them in to your current experiences and they, they take on new shapes and new st structures and you uh, allow for different things. And you start to learn you, how much you don't know about the world. You become more curious. So even, even in a different state, if you're listening in the United States or going international or overseas or, or any of that just helps people, children, even the adults understand like a different idea of what it means to be culturally curious yes. and respectful and and engaged with other people and look at other strengths and what you don't know and what you do know and it's just it's just really good for everyone involved travel but but and it doesn't have to be really extensive travel i mean one of the things that i learned um i used to be part of a military family and i went to a couple sessions and i started working for military and i went to a couple sessions about how to do like things with family when someone's deployed. And one of the ideas brought up was just draw a two hour map on the um, circle on your map. Cause when you, when you were using a picture, a paper map, this is the days of map quest. <laughs> I think we printed it out, but you um, circle a two, whatever your tolerance was for a road trip and then find things to do within that, go to different places a couple times a year. Just it, even, even, even if it's like just a little, First convenience store in Arizona, whatever. And that's one of my tips I'll talk about later. Make a big deal of small things. But you can do that kind of stuff too. It doesn't have to be a big elaborate vacation. That's right. If you grew up, my my two little ones were born in Manhattan. Mm. And so they spent their day-to-day -day on playgrounds in Queens and Manhattan. And I would try once a month to spend a weekend day driving outside the city to mm -hmm. like a big grassy field with trees. Like I find like a free <laughs> state park. Yeah. And it yeah. was, I mean, obviously there are trees in, in New York City, but like this was different. This was like the dirt and the, the grassy smells. And I was like, this is our travel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it cost me yeah. $5 in gas. And that's what we did for the day. Yeah. Well, a lot of people do the opposite, right? They live in a more rural um, or suburban area and they're coming into a place like New York City for their vacation. So it makes sense. You just do that. You can kind of mix things up, do something different. Yeah. So our family recently traveled, like I mentioned, for spring break and we went to a Caribbean island, which was a vacation we've been planning for years. It was stalled by the pandemic. We finally got to book it. So now my nine-year-old hasn't traveled much mm. in the kind of meat of his middle childhood. And the first evening we were in this beautiful town walking along the ocean and there was lots of restaurants open and sizzling meats and sounds and tons of really loud music thumping. And he turned to me and he said, he was so overwhelmed. And he just said, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I like it here. I want to go home. Mm. And I said, oh, and it was of course, after a long day of travel and he was hungry and all these other kid, regular kid things. And it was a really interesting moment for me because there was part of me that was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I just traveled <laughs> yeah. all the way here and we spent all this money. But I really had to take a moment and put on my, my mom hat, my parenting, my Bright Horizons hat and say, okay, you're, you're, you're trying to communicate something to me pretty clearly because you're nine years old. You've got the words to tell me. Mm -hmm. This is a lot. It's very, yeah. very different. And for, a, a, and for these kids that haven't been traveling as much, the first big trip can feel like a lot. So just having some patience and giving them some grace with that is important. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think there's that's some of the things we wanted to share too is just kind of calibrating your expectations. A lot of time travel, and especially now, maybe when the adults haven't traveled so much either, you're like eager to get back out there. Or maybe you've never traveled with children before. This is a different thing. This is uh this is a this is their, you know, the schedule, the pace, the things you do, the kinds of experience. It's just gonna be really different. If you go into it with your adult uh, abilities for keeping up with an intense schedule or all the museums you're really eager to see, you're, you're bound to be disappointed. This is giving me um, memories of, so I said, I, I've shared that I travel quite a bit for work and I have for quite a long time. And so one of the things you do when you travel a lot is you collect a lot of points. Yeah. And so when I, one of the things I did as sort of a thank you to my children for working with me and, and working with my um, travel schedule, I always made sure they knew, you know, why it was valuable for me to travel, but that they got a little perk out of it. So we'd always go on a trip with the points. And I took them to San Antonio, Texas one time. And it was a, like a hot, hot, extra hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, I remember there was throwing up in the elevator involved and there was just oh, so much stuff happened. And we went to the Alamo, which I often make the joke of asking them if they remember, and they definitely don't. We lost a camera on the river walk, but they do remember the pool at the hotel. Of course like, they do. That was the thing. And we, I just sort of succumbed to it. Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to like, we did a couple of the things I wanted to do, but you know, what's really important. We're going to do room service and we're going to do this hotel pool. And we're just happened to be in Texas, but that's okay. We'll just do this thing. It's about what they needed then. And it was a very different experience than I had thought, but I learned a lot from that about how to plan with them and what made sense for them. And also now, you know, again, I make the, remember the Alamo joke is often <laughs> and they're just like, it goes right over their head. Cause they're like, oh. no, we actually don't. I'm <laughs> so. really glad you told that story, Rachel, because it makes, it reminds me of one of my other, the other things I think is really important about traveling with kids is that I think it does give you added opportunities for closeness and bonding. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always happen when things are going well. Sometimes it's like, you know, taking a, a long hike on a hot day in this is maybe, maybe I'm speaking from personal experience, a, a long, a long hike on a hot day in New Hampshire through the white mountains where everyone has fallen down. Everyone <laughs> has had to use the bathroom, but there is no bathroom. Everyone like the M&M sack gets turned upside down on the trail. And it, you know, it's like one calamity after the next. And then that's a, that's a really, it's an opportunity for laughter later and bonding. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why travel is so great. It does yeah. create closeness between the, and you, you probably know this, all of our listeners, anyone you've ever traveled with, it does create a special closeness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you're with someone. So let's talk about some tips for the actual travel. Um, the actual, not, so we can talk in a minute about, tips for when you get to where you're going, but the actual getting on the plane, getting in the car, what are your best tips, Rachel? Yeah. So I have some general tips that I'm going to share and I'm going to tell listeners, if you have a piece of paper and a pen nearby or pencil, whatever you want to use, or just mark the time code, because we're about to give you a lot of really practical things that you might want to write down or retain. So one of the things I would say is get the kids involved. I already shared that idea about the two hour radius or whatever you're comfortable with on a map. But so that's one way. Let them help choose the location, do research on the location, start to plan a little bit. This is, depends on their age, of course. Get yourself on over to the library. Don't just rely on the Internet. Get them some books. Have them do have them be part of the planning. 
you don't have to let them take over and do all the planning, but maybe they get to pick a food they want to try, or maybe they get to pick mm. a park they want to go to or something, something, give them some kind of stake in the matter. So they get, they're excited about something. Make sure you check the hours and all those things of the places they want to go because nothing is more disappointing than working all that time on something and then to come find it's under renovation and close for three months, which might happen, okay. but you know, you can try to prevent that. I also say give them a responsibility, ask them to help, help plan something, give them some, you know, here's which day should we do this? Or, you know, here are the two choices of a place we can stay. Which one do you like more? Just give them a vote, some control, something, something that they're involved with. So they are engaged in it from the beginning. So it's not something that just happens to them because you as the adult are pretty excited about travel and they get all these emotions like, oh, my the adults in the family are super excited. I must be excited, but they don't really get what you're doing. Like yeah. they, they're going yeah. from one world to the next. They can't really visualize that, especially when they're little and especially if they're new to travel. So that's a, tr so that's, you know, getting them involved so they can see the itinerary or the schedule, whatever makes sense for their age is, and give them a responsibility. And if don't ask them to pack everything on their own without an inspection, because that can lead to other chaos. Um, but maybe they pack their socks or maybe they choose three pairs of shoes, give them some parameters, something, give them some, some way to contribute. They pick the travel toothpaste. Kids love nothing more than going to the travel section of the pharmacy, the convenience store and picking out a new small mini toothpaste. Gosh, that can be pretty exciting. That. They love that. It's yeah. so fun. Yeah. I, we talk about using visual schedules all the time. I say do one for a trip too, especially if you're going to really busy. Some, you can use the online internet stuff to help you plan a trip with pictures of different things. They can see what's going to happen and in which, or, which order. Um, I already kind of talked about this, but get them interested in location, go books, internet search, documentaries, help them choose where to go, some different things. Again, put some parameters around it. They'll, you know, if you have an older child that comes to you with 20 things to do, that that's, can lead to then disappointment. So like your, their top three. But I would also say, have them get to know the transportation. If you're going on an airplane, have them watch a YouTube video about airplanes or pilots or what, what goes on on the airplane or a train or something like that, or a ferry, whatever you're going to go on, have them learn about it. So it's not such a surprise. So it's not intimidating. And they, then they're excited and interested in it. It's like pre-work for adults. Like what, what, what am I getting myself in into here? Um, I would also, I, you know, I think this probably maybe goes without saying, but it cannot be more important on a vacation. Just make things easy. Some of the standards you have about, oh, I need to make sure they're learning to tie their shoes. Maybe not on vacation. Do you got some yeah. slip-ons you can throw on the, <laughs> the suitcase? Yeah. Take your battles. Slots, yeah. But if, make sure they have shirts they can put on on their own and pants and, you know, go for the stretchy pants more than a lot of buttons and zippers and all sorts of things. Make sure they have backpacks that aren't going to topple them over. Make sure they have, you know, familiar foods for those times that they absolutely refuse to eat whatever's at the location that you're going to. Just make things easy on yourself. Bring wipes, bring more wipes, and then bring more wipes because they're going to be spills <laughs> and messes everywhere. <laughs> um, and then 
I, you know, I could keep going here, but I'll say a couple more that come to mind is I already talked about this, about getting them interested, but I always had my kids um, bring a journal and a camera and think about some sort of collection. One of my things I did with my kids that I'm so glad in hindsight that I did was get them into collecting things because mm. then that's what they were focused on on vacations. We avoided so much gift shop chaos because and gimmies and I want this I want this because they were focused on their collection and yes I made it a very economical collection one of my daughters was super into rocks you could find rocks everywhere you do not have to pay for a lot of rocks although we paid for plenty of those bags of kind of <laughs> uh agates in stores too but um and then we this is I did this with Disney they had collect where they were collecting pins they just bypassed everything else in those Disney stores because they were just looking for those pins and they were just trading with the staff members so if you don't know about that that's a whole another hot tip you can look into on the side but you, I, I, I that was something I really got them involved in is documenting the trip journaling camera can they have a cameras or some sort of collection um, and then I definitely made a big deal of small things. I traveled with my children from Minnesota to San Diego when I when I moved and my niece in a hatchback. So the four of us, plus a guinea wow. pig named Princess, plus bikes <laughs> on the back. And it was a long trip. Yeah. And I made a big deal about everything. If you ever want to know where the first post office in Nebraska is, I can tell you because we stopped. We took pictures of Princess, the guinea pig in front of it, and we made a big deal of it. <laughs> we know a lot of these places, like the first place trail mix was ever invented. It's in California. We have stopped there. You don't need to pay a lot of money, but you do need to break up that trip. You need to make the small mm -hmm. things exciting and make it memorable and just find those places um, to break to break things up. Um, and let's see, I also would say, don't overpack, don't overplan, don't overbook. You're going to need to plan for downtime. This is a lot of intake. Like you were just saying with your, with, with your son, right? When you went on vacation yeah. recently, they're taking in a lot. There's new sounds, there's new smells, there's new sights, there's new music, there's new everything. Um, and so just really be ready for that, planning for that. You are there to absorb all that potentially as the adult. They are there to absorb it, but it also can be really overwhelming quicker for them than it is for you as an adult. So those things are just for every kind of travel you're doing, whether it's a couple hours car ride or whether you are going you know, on a one month international vacation, whatever it might be, those things can help you quite a bit. Those are some great tips. Um, some of the successes that I, I've observed in the airport, specifically when people, when families are flying, my, my, one of my biggest flying tips with infants and toddlers is to keep them as active as possible mm -hmm. while at the gate before your flight, because there's going to be so much sitting and yep. trying to contain them once you get on that aircraft. So, you know, if you've got a child who's already walking, take them for tons of walks around and around, around, have them say hello to all the other passengers, build some friendly <laughs> bonds. Okay, yeah, oh, right, this right. is a tiny human who will be traveling with you today. Walk around the gate. Um, I was last week when I was on a flight with that mother of the 10 month old, that baby was not quite walking. So she had a lot of, I call them like seat calisthenics happening. She was, the 10 month old was pulling herself up on the seat and the mother was behind the other seat and they were doing a very active game of peekaboo. And so while that baby wasn't, you know, motoring through the gate, there was still a lot of mental and social emotional activity happening. And so that baby was getting tired. Like she was getting 
ready for a nice long nap on the plane because she's getting a lot of input and stimulation from her caregiver. Yeah. Um, I think Claire, can I just mention too something we've said in other podcasts, but I think is important to mention here is that children have a lower, way much lower capacity for waiting and sitting still mm -hmm. than adults do. And we're often asking them to do a lot of that on traveling. They just can't. So you, you got to, per what you're saying right now, use the waiting and sitting still request in a limited way and when you absolutely need it. So if you're asking them to sit at the gate and then you're about to ask them to sit on a three hour plane ride, it is not going to go well for you. So, no. cause they just can't, they you. will run out of the capacity to do that. It requires an immense amount of regulation and that is a hard skill. That's a hard skill. Yes. yes. It's a hard skill and they, they only have a certain amount. It's like a gas tank. And, and if your baby or toddler has had a great nap and a full belly and they're not sick, I mean, how many qualifiers could I list here? A million. If they are in the perfect tip top shape, it is still, that's their full gas tank. Their gas tank is a thimble compared to yours in terms of right. their executive function skills and waiting skills. Mm -hmm. So just adjusting your own expectations right there. So yeah, keeping them, letting them have as much free reign before you get on that flight. If they <laughs> yeah. want to go for a walk, take that kid for a walk. Um, right, right. They're great tips for your later toddler, preschooler friends, play some games at the gate, play Simon says, play red light, green light. If you've got enough open carpet space by the gate to play red light, green light, you'll be surprised how many other people join in on that game if you start one. <laughs> Um, it's a, again, a very engaging, it's engaging the brain, it's engaging verbal language development skills, social skills, and you're getting their little bodies moving before again, a lot of sitting. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be like anything really fancy. Just kind of take advantage of that time before you're trapped on the airplane. Um, yep. once you get on the plane, I've seen some really, I feel like such an old timer now they're like that, that's a snazzy gadget that didn't exist when I was raising my <laughs> yeah. babies. I had a, a never ending flight from New York city to Seattle with my, I guess she must've been about 18 months old. And that was a tough age. It was a long trip. I wish I'd had some of these gadgets I see now. So you can get like, um, one of these snack trays that almost looks like a mm -hmm. tackle box and mm -hmm. every single little square has different little snacks. You can only open one door at a time. Um, lots of really, um, cool, engaging toys like Play-Doh is fun. It doesn't make a big mess. Wa water books, you know, those books where you, you, all you need to do is ask the flight attendant mm -hmm. for a cup of water and you can kind of make designs and paint and play with water. And if yeah. the water cup spills, it's not a big deal. Magnetiles are fun. You can build them on the tray, make different designs. If you have a window seat, you can get some cool window clings and make designs with the wing mm -hmm. window clings on the window of the plane. I mean, I think what you're saying, Claire, you said two things at once that are both important is there's a lot of new gadgets, but there's also like a lot of old tried and true stuff. Like Play-Doh's is not a new gadget. It's a, so right. great, right? It activates their hands and their brains and it's very creative. It can go for a long time. So that's, you know, in these water books, I used to do those, those art books that there's a, even there's like little things you can do with stitching or weaving. I think one of the things, another thing now we probably, as you all get to know my strategies here, these don't surprise you, but I used to also have like special items to look forward to. And it wasn't even that big of a deal. Maybe there'd be a certain color of Play-Doh that they only got when we were traveling. Oh my gosh. Yes. So exciting. You get to look forward to that. Or maybe I always had this um, like a little bag and I put stuff in that we call that treasure boxes in our centers, but put something exciting and interesting and it's going to be a new toy or a new thing. So they look forward to it. What's it going to be? And then they're mm -hmm. much more engaged because it's a special time only. You only get it while we're on the plane and then it's going to be put away again. It can really be anything. 
the more open-ended and creative it is. So it's not like, okay, I do step one, two, three, and now I'm done. What else can I do? Um, that's why we suggest things like Play-Doh and crayons and drawing or markers or whatever it might be. Although of course yeah. you don't want them, you know, drawing all over the place and on you and et cetera. But so everything should be waterproof. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a great point. Actually, that's one of my other tips, which is please, please heed my advice and pack a change of clothes for your child mm-hmm. and yourself. Right. Because things happen and they're gross and I'm not going to get into them, but they happen and you're on a plane. And if you, you think that only your child needs a change of clothes, but often some fluids end up on you too. So just do yourself a favor. Don't make the same mistake that I did 14 years ago. <laughs> Pack yourself a change of, of outfit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of these things are really great for the plane, but what about, there's a lot of travel and cars or even train trips more when you're on the ground travel. What do you, what thoughts do you have for that? Yeah. I mean, when you're traveling in the car, which we, we, I, like I mentioned, I did a lot when I was a kid and we still do with my family, my current family, we drive from New England down to the Maryland area every year for holidays and it's a long trip and we've been doing that since the kids were babies and toddlers. So it's all about, again, adjusting your expectations. This is a seven hour trip when I do this with my spouse. This is an 11 hour trip when I do it with three children under the age of six years old. Mm-hmm. Lots of stopping, lots of moving your body when you're stopping. So you're stopping to use the bathroom, maybe have a snack, but you're also playing red light, green light and doing 10 jumping jacks. And how fast can you run up and down the sidewalk? I'm going to time you. How fast do you think you can do it? Oh my goodness. Can you beat this time? Can you try again? Lots of silly games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, a lot of the same things that work in on the plane work in the car. You can have Play-Doh, you can have um, water coloring books and crayons and paper and markers. Of course, in your own automobile, you're maybe less concerned about them scribbling on something than you would be on a plane. Um, I love audiobooks and this works even for little littles. It may lull them to sleep a little bit, but there's nothing I we've gotten some great audiobooks out with our preschoolers and school age kids. The entire family listens. We listen to Charlotte's Web, read by Meryl Streep on one of our recent trips. And that was five out of five gosses. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> so just lean into that. Lean into the technology. Well, and their imagination is going. Everyone can kind of close their eyes. There's a lot. And you don't get car sick, which I get all me and my two children get really car sick. So books are Books are my favorite thing. I get everyone a special book for vacation, even now, even at this age, but uh, they're out on cars for us and sometimes even trains. So audiobooks and podcasts are perfect. Yeah. And here's another hot tip. Um, This extends to plane travel and car travel. Don't, if you're packing a bag full of games and toys and coloring books and all these things, do not get everything out all at once at the start Mm -hmm. of the trip. Mm -hmm. You have to pull them out judiciously throughout the trip. And this is sort of the same concept that we use in our classrooms. We don't have every single toy and game and manipulative out all the time because it's overwhelming for small children to have too many choices. We like to curate and be selective about what's available. And you're going to do the same thing on the road. So here are your two choices right now. Which one would you like to play with? You know, that's that's what I would do on the plane. I wouldn't open the entire bag and dump it out on the tray and say, here's everything I brought, you know, have at it. It's too much for them. Right, right. I think the other thing we're saying is, I mean, I certainly know about, you know, the why the temptation for using games and phones and, and things when you're traveling. And it it's just up to you. I mean, maybe that's the time you're saving it for. So it is that special surprise. Oh, you get to play this game while you're on the on the 
when we're traveling, but you don't have to. There's all these other things that can be really mm -hmm. special and add to the trip rather than just kind of keep them occupied and busy. So if the first time you're doing all these other things, you might want to kind of balance it out, but just 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 think about the value of all these um, other experiences are about you know kind of engaging in the trip versus just passing the time. So, but I am not telling you. Um, you know, sometimes I talk about limiting screen time and, and being very cautious about that. But when you're traveling, um, you know, that that's probably the time to bend some some rules about it. Just know that, you, you know, um, activities like that, games like that, putting a movie on like that doesn't help a child learn those sort of regulation skills so they can pass the time, you know, think, use their executive function and build their waiting skills or build their regulation skills. So you are but that, you know, when you're traveling not as big of a deal. That's not necessarily the time to have them work on some serious <laughs> skill development. So while we're not yeah. talking about um, that, we're just recognize that that can be a time for it, but we're just suggesting that you don't forget the, some of the things that really worked for all of us when we were kids and can work without um, having to rely on screens. Yeah, that's right. Um, let's move along really quickly to do some quick tips for when you actually get to where you're going. I strongly recommend if you're able to, again, when you get to your destination, renting a house or an apartment instead of using a hotel room, it's not always possible, but typically apartments or houses that you've rented on your own have more space to move, more space for your child to play. Um, they have a kitchen, they might have a washer dryer. I don't have to tell any of the parents listening how important those two <laughs> things are when you've got young kids. Um, and also I always look for the possibility of separate sleep areas. I have shared hotel rooms with my infants and toddlers. It is very difficult. That's how you end up on the floor of the bathroom, right, like mm -hmm. hunched over with, with all the lights out, like hunched over with a little reading light, trying to enjoy your vacation. <laughs> at, you know, your toddler goes to sleep at 7.30 PM and you're not tired yet. And now you're kind of trapped in this hotel room with no space of your own, not to mention the sleep hygiene involved. It's just, um, it, it, it can be hard to share spaces if, with your child if none of you are used to doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. So just another, another perk of getting a, a house or an apartment. Um, another tip that I learned from a mom years ago was I had two of my kids really did not care for sleeping in those portable pop-up cribs that were mm -hmm. kind of a necessity, right? You're traveling to grandma's house, you're traveling to a hotel, you're going to a rented house and you need to bring a safe place for your infant or toddler to sleep. One, two of my kids really did not like those. So I started having them sleep in the portable crib in their own room at our home mm -hmm. leading, in the week leading up to our trip because then they got used to the way the mattress felt and they had all their familiar toys and smells and the lighting was the same and then i can't tell you how well this worked it was after months of battling because we did do frequent car trips months of battling my daughter to sleep in this portable crib all i had to do was ease her into it at home mm -hmm. and then oh. she finally was like oh i get this this is just like another bed where i, where I take my nap where i sleep what a good idea. That's sort of like a lot of things you could do ahead of time like that and get them ready for it. Maybe your two kids are going to have to share a bed together in a hotel room, or maybe you are going to all be in the same room, or maybe they're going to have different kinds of pillows and blankets. Although, of course, if there's one that's super important, you should bring that with you. That's right. Um, but maybe they're going to try different foods or things like prep for that a little bit and make it, make it, um, something that they have some familiarity with, especially if they're particularly sensitive to new things. Some kids are just fine and all in, and you'll know that because you'll know your children. But if you have someone 
is a little bit more sensitive to change, doing some, you know, practice ahead of time is, is a good thing to do. Yeah. And speaking of that, you can go back and listen to our earlier episode about routines, but here's mm -hmm. where all your good best practices with routines can really shine. If you have right. good routines at home with your child, keep doing them on your trip and you will see how wonderful they are. If you've got the same, you know, bedtime routine, first we do bath, then we do pajamas, then we read a story, then we sing two songs, read a book, you know, do exactly the same thing. Build mm -hmm. time in because it is soothing for your child. It makes them feel safe. It makes this, okay, this is something that I understand. This is, this has been a wild day, mom and dad. Like this is, <laughs> we've been all over the place. This, this is a weird place you've taken me to, but at least I know how this part of my day is going to go. Right, and right. It is so wonderful for them. So lean into your routines for sure. Yep. Keep those books at bedtime. Try to keep the same bedtime. It's hard. You know, when you're on, on a vacation schedule, you're just doing everything so differently. I mean, just think of what do you, I mean, I remember one of my favorite things in, in hotel travel with my fam my parents traveled with us a lot too, is that cereal machine where you could pour out any kind of cereal you wanted. Like that was so exciting, but it like, so you're like, even breakfast routine, even like we were eating at the same time of the day, like there was something magical and different. And my emotions were heightened because of this hotel cereal machine. So then it like takes a little bit out of you. So you got to just like the whole day is intense versus for a child traveling versus just um, the parts that are intense for adults. And it, and it just is, it just is intense. You need to give yourself some downtime, let go of your can, expectations of how everyone's going to behave just really just really embrace all of that and prepare yourself for all of that it's just so important i i don't want to cut you off of your last tip because you were telling me about this claire and i love this idea i do it for myself and i hadn't really thought about telling parents to do it but your tip about the delivery i think is a great one yeah someone just told me that they did this and again this is a newfangled idea it didn't didn't exist when i right. was raising my babies but uh have diapers and wipes and food delivered to wherever you're going on the first day save the room in your luggage don't pack 86 diapers you don't need to do that just go have have a delivery done to wherever destination and it'll be there waiting for you one less thing to stress about and listen you're gonna have enough stuff to lug through that airport or pack in the trunk of that car between you, all of your stuff and all the, th all the things that come with having a baby or a toddler or preschooler. So yeah, have that delivery done. Save yourself. Yeah. Stress. Yeah. yeah. And, and just, I guess I'd wrap us up by saying, be okay with your children having a different experience than you would be having your very different life perspectives. What's new to you? Like what was new to me and exciting was that cereal machine. Um, versus what's exciting to the adults in this situation and just be okay with that. Um, and even, even prepare for that and think about it ahead of time. I, my family, we traveled all over Europe when I was a kid. And I remember my dad getting lost in a German parking lot, but I don't remember much else about Germany. Oh, <laughs> I remember so, that's what you yeah. recall. So, I mean, because it was just so fascinating to me, the driving and the different road signs. And that, that was what I was paying attention to. I wasn't paying attention to some of the things they were paying attention to. So just that's goes all the way back to what we were saying at the beginning is 
this is a such a different experience for children. There's so many good things they can get out of it. And, and just understanding it from their perspective and understanding how to plan a vacation and engage them in it and what they'll get out of it and being okay with that. That's, that's going to be different than when you're getting out of it. And that is exactly the beauty of a good family vacation and travel together. So we wish you all wonderful summer vacations and hope this helps you prepare um, prepare yourselves and prepare your children so you can have mostly, even though there'll be messes and, and unexpected things, that it's mostly about good fun and lots of good memories. Happy travels. From traveling on planes to trains to automobiles, Rachel and Claire covered it all. Make sure to get your children involved in planning your trip and set your own expectations that everything may not go as planned. Above all, enjoy your time together and rest assured that you're making memories that will last a lifetime. Get parenting advice from Rachel and Claire. You can leave them a voicemail by calling 617-673-8881 and your question may be answered in a future episode of Teach Play Love. You can also send them an email at teach.playlove at brighthorizons.com. For more expert guidance on early childhood development, check out our family resources at brighthorizons.com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love. And discover parenting as the joy it was meant to be.